0: here we go hey what's up guys welcome back to turn back the clock episode number 12 my name's dylan and i'm joined by adam splendid sports my co-host and we have a extra special guest today shane shoebox legends welcome guys
1: how's it going there you go um we we had so many people say that we're never watching again unless you have shane back so here we are
0: (laughs) Dude, we need to we need to make this professional. We need to have the pro in town, you know?
1: Yep. <laughs> he, he makes
0: it legitimizes our show. That's right. Um, so if you guys aren't familiar with Turn Back the Clock, what we do is turn back the clock a little bit. We show some pickups, we show, we talk about some things relevant in the hobby or things to come or just topics that we want to talk about. And tonight we're gonna do some pickups and then we're gonna talk about player collecting and maybe. Our most, we're gonna pick top ten of all the sports that we think are the most collected players, and give our opinions on why. And we're gonna we're gonna cover a vast variety of sports tonight. Um, I'm in charge of surfing because I collect surfing cards, so I'm gonna be in charge of surfing. And then Shane, uh, he might have a couple different ones, and Adam's got a couple different sports too. So football, basketball, baseball. Um, and anything else they want to talk about. But first and foremost, let's show some pickups from the last couple weeks. Um, Shane, you want to go first?
2: Yeah, I got uh, I got three here to show. I'll keep it quick. Um, first one is uh parallel that I've been grabbing uh, recently. It's the Red Foil out of uh, Topps Flagship Baseball. This is the 2023. Got this actually in a on Com C. Just got my order in this week. These are numbered to 199 every year, and I love the team color match with the uh, the Angels. So I have a little run of, uh, of these going for trout cards. So cheap pickup, is 25 bucks. Can't go wrong. Was
0: that one numbered?
2: Yeah, 199. Oh, 199. That's epic. I
0: love so the team red co- color, red
2: color red. matching. Yes. Flagship tops 199 for 25 bucks. Most collectible player in baseball. Relevant for tonight's uh, episode um then going way back you know from a 2023 card to a pre-war card um, got this one actually in the mail today this is a hal chase t 206 and the reason i grabbed this one i just finished uh the glory of their times the uh i actually did the audiobook uh by lawrence ritter so he interviewed a ton of pre-war um players uh, like dead ball era players and uh, i was just amazed that book, how many of them listed Hal Chase as uh, one of the absolute greats of the day. Um, And and most of them agreed that he was the best fielder uh, of the dead ball era at any position, he played first base. Um, But he was like notoriously corrupt, and is known as like the most crooked player in the history of baseball. Um, (laughs) He he gambled, he tried to influence people with bribes, uh, take money from his teammates, throw games. Um, He was actually involved or at least investigated in the black Sox uh scandal as well although ultimately uh he was acquitted but um yeah won a batting title um in in 1916 so really interesting guy and uh i I just love anything uh this old and uh listening to that audiobook kind of inspired me to get out there and get a a couple more pre-war cards i guess
0: that's awesome that's an epic card epic epic story that book they're talking about anyone out there can you give the title again
2: yeah, the glory of their times. It's called
0: greatest book ever. The Audible version.
2: Yeah, what's great about it, I've heard you talk about it too, Dylan. But you know the book is comprised of these interviews that he did. Um, but the audible version is the actual audio of the interview. So you're hearing you know guys that played from you know 1900 through the 1920s, just giving kind of cool stories about things that happened on the field, and it, it was wild uh, back then. But I, I thought this was an interesting card, and unlike. A lot of the guys from that era, for, for somebody of his skill level, um, this was like a hundred bucks. Um, it's maybe not in great shape, but the the back is fine. Um, you know, there's no paper loss or anything. So, uh, somebody who's kind of got a place like that in baseball history, uh, card that old for a hundred bucks. Um, they they can't all be good guys. So I, I like collecting kind of the, uh, the, you know, the the not so nice guys as well.
0: That's awesome, hundred
2: dollars. Oh, yeah, I mean, you can't beat that um i got one more pickup um i've talked about this guy before but uh i kind of became a fan of rick wise a uh, longtime pitcher in the 60s and 70s because of a game that he had in 1971 i think it was where he no hit the cincinnati reds and he hit two home runs in the same game it was like one of the best you know single performances of anyone in baseball history and uh recently i found this i think i might have shared this with you dylan but got this uh, PSA authenticated PSA DNA uh, autographed version of his uh, shared rookie card with Dave Bennett out of the 1964 tops release so nice you know ballpoint pen auto there and it's it's a quirky player collection you know just from him pitching that one game but I enjoy collecting them and this was twenty dollars and 50 cents so just can't beat the price and a cool item for the collection.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. 20 bucks, three autographs in a slab. Like It's wow. basically, they ha- basically they paid you to take that card. It's amazing. That's it. Uh, awesome pickups, Shane. Uh, Adam, what do you got for us?
1: So I figured since this, this is episode 12, I got to show some Tom Brady cards. Um, you know, with Tom Brady, his, he has so many cards and so many expensive cards that as a player collector of Brady, you're never going to get all his cards. You're never going to, complete like a run of all even his rookie cards or any like anything like that um so i try to find like little mini runs within his cards that i can uh complete and one of them is uh there's an insert are you guys familiar with hobby masters the tops insert um he he's he's only in um three of them that i know of so i i completed recently the run of the three cards really cool looking inserts they're not numbered or anything but um here's the here's his first one look how sh- shiny this, wow. Car. Wow. this is from 2002 and um wow look at that thing it looks even better on the screen here than it does in person uh, so Early i got his career too they got these for baseball too um you know I, I again i don't know a ton about the insert but i just know he, as far as like on his checklist he only has three of these so now i have all of them um And here's the one he had from 2006. Look at the designs. So these were, yeah, just tops, tops inserts. And this is his last one in 2007. This was the hardest one to get for some reason.
2: Are these are these tough to find, or is it the condition that makes them tough?
1: Yeah, they're they're since they're not serial numbered, they're not yeah they're not like super rare. Um, But yeah, like uh, they're all. I'm I tried to get them all in PSA 10, which I did so. That's an example of um, grading, creating scarcity and making it a fun chase. But yeah, you could you could find, um, you know, raw copies or lower graded ones pretty, I think, pretty easily. But the, the PSA 10s are tough. I think on this 2007, there's only two 10s. So, wow. yeah. And not a ton of the other ones either. So for whatever reason, I don't know, you know, it just maybe because of the, the foil or the way it was designed, it just doesn't grade well. So uh, got all three of those babies now.
0: Dude, that's insane I remember all those old inserts and you know when we were pulling packs back then the inserts were like they were nothing I remember just like <laughs> throw them on ebay two bucks two bucks two yeah. bucks and they're so collectible I know Kobe's inserts from that era are like ridiculous from the 97s and you know 98 99 96 the inserts are crazy money and the common insert, they're not like rare There's like one in every pack or one, every two packs of certain players. It's fun to see those being collected now and in slab, they look good. And and like you said, you, you get the chase, the grade gives it the, the rarity of it, which does make it fun as a collector. If you're into that type of thing. So really cool. Awesome pickups. That all you got.
1: Yeah. Just those three.
0: All right. Well, I, I got three as well. And then, uh, one one of these just showed up today, and I actually purchased. I I, I watched a game where uh, right after they announced that Shohei had 500 Ks and 100 home runs, and he tied Babe Ruth. And I hit up Shane, Shoebox Legend, and I go, dude, I hope they make a card uh, Tops Now. I never bought a Tops Now the next day before um, of that moment, and they did. And so I bought five of these and they literally just arrived right before the show and I bought one for Shane specifically so that's pretty cool he's on the show and I get to send this off and just a really cool awesome combo card um spectacular and I missed he's bound on a couple of Babe Ruth cards and rookie too I missed those ones but I, I wanted to get this one um I'll probably send I'll probably look through these in the scope and send them off to get a couple of them off to get graded um, just to have in my collection because I'm crazy like that. Um, are you saying, wait,
1: hold on. Are you, are you now setting the precedent that any guest who comes on our show here gets an Otani card or a Babe Ruth card or both? Is that what you're saying?
0: I don't know about that, but we might work something in the future. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, next card is, so I told everybody that I hadn't bought a card since May 4th. I broke it. I broke down, and I bought one card. I was just on eBay. I was listing a bunch of stuff. And then I was like, well, I'll just look. And it happened to be ending. And I've looked for this card for years and years. I've never owned one. And I bought this. I won this for $50. And this is Hank Aaron. And it fits my criteria perfectly. A beautiful wow. 1962 Topps All-Star Hank Aaron card in an SGC4. um, Pretty much perfectly centered. It looks really, really nice. The back's really nice. I haven't even read the card. This showed up in the mail today as well. So I'm still going to hold off on buying cards. But, you know, I I just, I was listing a bunch and I sold some. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> take a peek and and there you go. And I found <laughs> one. Another card I've had for a while. I don't think I've ever shared it. But it, it ties in double with today. And this is a Mike Trout 2022 Topps Rip. It's a rip tide, and there's a wave in the back. So this goes along with my surfing theme of today and all the great surfers that I'm going to talk about, and Mike Trout, probably the most collected ultra-modern or player who's still playing the game um, today. And this one is numbered to 30. I think this was $20, just an eight. I don't know what it's worth. I just wanted it because it was awesome wave, really cool card for my collection um so those are my pickups that's Good a I perfect
1: got. card for you that is like a yeah. the, the, that card made for you right there
0: yeah i agree i, I just I, I had to have it so stoked um <laughs> uh all right well without further ado let's go into it who what sport do we want to start off with yeah let, let me start
1: with this because th- this was kind of my idea that for this episode this topic um I, i've always found it interesting to like think about I think we know a lot of them, but, um, you know, who are the most collected players? So like if you were to somehow get everyone in the sports card hobby together and you pulled them and you all the player collectors uh, and you said, who do you collect? You know, who would be the most in in baseball, basketball, football for for me? Um, So what I did is I without looking at anything, really, I just kind of off the top of my head feel like from what I've heard and seen and stuff like that. Uh, some of it's obvious, but I, I made a list of, and I know Shane, you did too, of what we think are the 10 most heavily collected. So there's the biggest collector base because, you know, it is important because at the end of the day, you know, you, when you hear everyone talking about like prices of sports cards and all this stuff uh, at the end of the day, it's there has to be um, for a player's values and so forth of his cards to go up or or maintain or whatever. there needs to be a strong collector base. You know, that's, that's at the end of this whole thing at this game of um, buying and selling, you need collectors that want the cards more than the money. So um, I made a list. Now I started with um, we're we're only looking at players that are no longer playing. We're going to get into a little active play uh, player things uh, at, at the end here. But for the purpose of this, I made a list of who I think are the 10 most collected baseball players that are no longer playing. Um, so number 10, actually, I, I have a pitcher, Sandy Koufax. I put Koufax at number 10. I have Ernie Banks at number, at, uh, number nine, Stan Musial, Ted Williams, Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Jackie Robinson, Clemente. This might be a surprising one. Ken Griffey Jr. And then number one, Mickey Mantle. So, uh, we could talk about that, but Shane, you want to give your list here?
2: Yeah, so I I had a lot of overlap with you, a couple minor changes, but some of the same names I had uh, at number 10 choice, but I I went with Barry Bonds, um, just because he is widely collected. Um, Number nine, I had Ted Williams, uh, who was on your list, Jackie Robinson at number eight, Roberto Clemente. Number seven, uh, mixed it up a little bit at number six with Ricky Henderson, just because I think as far as like the 80s, and into the 90s goes he was like the, the guy um then at number five i had willie mays four hank aaron and then i had three to me the top three on my list are kind of like heads and tails above those other seven um and n- number one is mickey mantle uh, i agree he was you know the golden boy of baseball during the golden era of baseball 50s and 60s is mantle uh number two i actually had nolan ryan uh, he's the only pitcher on my list also but uh just huge name in the hobby spanned a ton of years um was still successful you know when the boom boom era hit like in the the early 90s so he was you know kind of a king of the hobby at that time and then number three i actually did have ken griffey jr uh on my list also just because you know anyone i think who's around our age and remembers back like in the 90s he was the man if you were opening a pack of cards you wanted the kid. You wanted Ken Griffey Jr., and uh, I think he's he's a hobby titan.
1: You know. You know what's interesting about Ken Griffey Jr. is, there. I'm noticing there's yeah, there's a lot of Ken Griffey Jr. collectors, but they're not chasing his '89 uh, Upper Deck. They're chasing his '98 or '97 inserts. Uh, all these like inserts from his 10th year or whatever. Um, those are the the big money cards. It's not his rookie cards, <laughs> so right. it's very it's very interesting how it's a little different than um, you know what we see with like these vintage guys where the rookie cards. And obviously, it's because of population and junk wax era. But uh, it's just yeah, th- there is a heavy collector base for Griffey, just not the cards we all thought when we were kids.
2: <laughs> I, have, I have a couple of friends who are you know heavy into the, the Griffey sphere, I guess, and it, it's like a whole nother world of just. Tons of money being thrown at uh, those rare grippy cards, so it's playing with the big boys for for sure. I
1: I know you didn't. You probably didn't make a list, but of those guys we mentioned, is there anyone that you had in your head that we didn't mention? As far as baseball,
0: we lost them.
2: Am I gone? I don't know. I I hear you, Adam. I hear Uh, you. I think I think Dylan may have lost us for a second.
1: Oh, maybe. (laughs) Dylan, what I was saying is if you I, heard heard, you. Yeah,
0: huh? I heard you. Yeah, I heard you. Oh. I heard you.
1: What what guy is there any guys in that um that we that we didn't mention that you had in your head for baseball players that you think are heavily collected that we didn't say? Are you asking me? Yes, Dylan. Oh,
0: I thought you were asking Shane. That's why no, I was no. like, hey, he's not answering right. Uh I don't did we mention Babe Ruth?
1: No, that but I see, I thought about adding him,, uh, and he might be in this list, but his cards are so expensive. he doesn't have a lot of cards and are so expensive that yeah. I don't think there's as many people that want to go down that. I mean, they want to, but they just can't, you know, they can't go down that route.
0: yeah, I, I feel like those guys are, I don't know, I don't know, it's kind of hard to say because with them printing all the new stuff of Babe Ruth and stuff. I find myself being attracted to more Babe Ruth cards. I like a lot of the refractors and numbered cards. I've told myself so many times, like, man, I really want to start collecting all those numbered Babe Ruth cards that are printed today, the refractors and stuff. So I do think that there's going to be, you know, I I know there's guys out there doing it. Um, I'm sure, you know, yeah, it's tough to collect Babe Ruth, but I think it would be really fun to collect, Modern cards of Babe Ruth, as well. So, and I and I can find I could totally see myself in the future buying buying them and going down that rabbit hole completely.
1: So, and kind of the next step on this, um, and obviously in the comments, you know, guys, let us know who you think, you know, what your list would be or or whatever. But um, I kind of wanted to take it to the next level, which is Shane. What what do you think is like? What's the biggest factor that goes into someone becoming heavily collected a player is it on on his career is it um the era that his cards were printed in uh, playing days cards uh what do you think is like the biggest factor or at least some of the factors that go into that
2: yeah you touched on on two of them uh, i actually think the career is is one of the least important like obviously ironically uh, you're not on this list if you didn't have a great career you're not going to be one of the, the most collected guys unless you were a great Um, But not all greats are on the list. Like, look at, you know, Eddie Murray or um, players like that. Amazing players. And like, as far as the hobby goes, nobody really cares. So I think uh, maybe it's charisma. And I think the era that you came up in, uh, like Mantle benefits from being, you know, the golden boy during the at at the inception of tops as a brand. Uh, All those great 50 sets and kind of that old fan lot style or feel of baseball. Like, he's the name you think of. When you think of baseball history, so he really benefits from that, and I think Griffey the same thing. You know, he he's he's an amazing player, 600 home runs. Um, You know, he has that charisma, which I think is another another thing that you need. Um, If you just quietly kind of go about your job and and do a great job, I I don't know that that really gets you noticed in the hobby. Um, But also just the fact that he broke out in '89 uh, as the hobby was breaking out, and he had that upper deck rookie and. He was like associated with that hobby boom, and I think he did benefit from that. So I think era uh, matters as well as the, kind of that it factor uh, that certain athletes have, where they almost like transcend uh, their sport or just become like a celebrity uh, beyond you know whatever sport they happen to play.
1: Yeah, like I think the team, the team and city you play in too. Uh, like even a guy like I, I mentioned, Ernie Banks. I know Dylan, you love Ernie Banks cards, probably maybe your favorite guy to collect. Um, He played for the same team, his whole career, the Cubs, uh, great fan base, great history in that team. So um, I think that that plays a big role, especially with the vintage guys, you know?
2: Yeah. And big, big market teams too. Like, you know, Harmon Killebrew played his career in Minnesota and he just didn't get the attention versus like a Willie Mays who played in New York and San Francisco or, you know, anybody on the Yankees or, or even Red Sox
1: you uh dylan do you want to bring up uh so i i thought as kind of a next step uh now this isn't going to obviously tell the full picture or anything but it's a it's a piece of information that maybe can give a little um insight into what we're talking about so i thought uh i i shared the psa set registry um list of of most collected player sets um so if you want really cool
0: yeah let's pull that up that was awesome
1: because obviously a very, very small percentage of the hobby collects, um, you know, just graded cards. Uh, some collect maybe some graded cards, but there's a lot that don't collect graded cards that don't. And and even if they do, they don't do the set registry. Very small percentage do the set registry, but this does give, I think, a little insight. Um, so, yeah, what we see here, guys, is uh, they break it up into, you know, 70 and back, 1970 and back, and then um, modern players. So... As we uh, thought, not only Derek, is Mickey Mantle the Derek top guy, but he has he has two the two top sets in the registry. His basic set and his basic top set are number one and number two. Wow,
0: you know what surprised me? We no one talked about Derek Jeter. Right, that's a good one. He's on. Yeah, that that kind of should have been a no brainer for us to think about. Thurman Munson. That surprises me right there on the modern side. You guys see any other surprises? Al Kaline, you know that's kind of a surprise. He's on the list, but he was, you know, he played for. Did he play for the one team the whole time? Yeah. Uh,
1: yes. Yeah, he played. Yeah. Oh, you said Kaline?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was the Tigers. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that that makes sense. Guys that like that kind of that that solidifies you, in my opinion.
1: Shane, you nailed it, man, with Nolan Ryan. That was one that like yeah, I I, that. I, had a, I thought of him, but I didn't think he would be that. I, he is really
2: highly collected. Yeah, he. I think he, he had the benefit of playing in four different decades. And, you know, even though he was kind of an old man by the time the, the boom era came around, he was still pitching no hitters. Like, I think he pitched his sixth and seventh no hitters, like, after the hobby exploded. So he was still, like, a, a super relevant name. When I was a kid, he was, like, the guy, uh, you know, early 90s. You
1: know what? You know who else um, really jumped out at me that I didn't really think of is Roger Maris. Roger Maris is up there with Ted Williams, uh, ahead of like K Line and Brooks Robinson. Um, Some of these guys have multiple sets, but it's just, it was interesting how high up Roger Maris is, a non Hall of Famer in that collecting list.
0: Yeah, insane, right? I mean, it's just because the history and all the movies have been about Roger Maris. I mean, if, even if you never don't know baseball, I feel like you know who Roger Maris is, just like you would know who Mickey Mantle is. Kind of, those two guys to me go hand in hand, even though they didn't I, play I, together for that long.
2: Yep. Baseball is a game of stats, right? That's what everybody cares about. It's one of the things that makes it so great. And the home run is the stat that uh, fans care about the most. So there's there's yes. no better way to end up on this list than, than by hitting a lot of home runs. It's the re- that's the reason I included Barry Bonds you know, on my list uh, for better or worse. And uh, probably the primary reason Hank Aaron is as high on the list as he is. Not that he wasn't uh, great a lot of other ways, but the home run is just a very hallowed mark. Absolutely.
0: Wait, where's Barry Bonds? I don't even see him on the list.
1: No, um Barry Bonds.
0: That surprises me.
1: Let me see. No, yeah, he's – he. certain guys like Ichiro doesn't even have a player set. Guys, like, I looked up oh. Ichiro – uh, pool holes barely any anyone collecting them on the registry so you know I know they're they're a little newer but yeah there's not a big collector base for those players on at least on the registry
0: I mean it's generational I mean you, everyone talks about generational guys you, Ken Griffey Jr that's all when you come up to bat when you're playing wiffle ball at home my generation I was born in 1980 all the way you know we were I was Ken Griffey Jr., you know, nine years old, ten years old. I'm I'm Ken Griffey Jr. up the bat, even though I was right handed. Um, I was never Juan Gonzalez or I was never Barry Bonds. I was Ken Griffey Jr. Uh I think the guys playing the kids playing now are probably want to be Mike Trout. They come at the bat, they want to be Mike Trout. Just like everyone wanted to be Mickey Mantle back in the day. I think that goes a long way. He you know, obviously I mean, stats are king and those guys were the best. Ken Griffey was the best. Mike Trout was the best. And Mickey Mantle was, you know, arguably the best for a time. No.
1: And, and just best in the hobby, you know, the, the hobby loves yeah. them the best. Yeah. So Absolutely. I guess next, next question before we can, we could move on to a different sport after this. But who do, who do you guys see that's playing right now? You mentioned Trout. Uh, I see a couple other guys on this list. Juan Soto has, um, you know, a decent amount of people putting his registry together. Um, Aaron judge, uh, do you see, or is there any, obviously Otani's up there with 140 set people building a set? Um, who do you think, you know, after their careers are over that is playing right now will be in the conversation?
0: I think Otani is going to be in the conversation. I think he's going to be, I think he's just building. I mean, if he, he's young, I think people forget he's not 35 years old. He's young. And everyone just like gave up on him after he got hurt after his first season. The guy's a fit man. He's not, even if he gets hurt again, he's going to come back again. And if he gets hurt again, he's going to come back again. He's not even close to the end of his time. Um, he's too good of an athlete um, unless something tragic happens. He, I think he is going to be one of the most popular players to ever play baseball when his time is done. I just the way he plays it and the way he's bringing um you know just everyone together it, it's just a phenomenal thing to see. I think he's going to be the most collected player after Mike Trout and he might even surpass Mike Trout w- when his career is done to be determined but to me he's the next guy that really has has the factor of everything.
1: And a guy like yeah, he- Ronald Acuna has got – <clears throat> I didn't expect to see him so high up there. Ronald Acuna Jr. has got 163, higher than Mike Schmidt, higher than George Brett, on the, like some of those guys. Yeah. Wow.
0: That surprised me. Right. I'm not – you know, he had a couple not-so-good seasons. Um, I'm not ready to call him one of the greats of the game one day. He's having a great season right now. It's awesome. I hope he is. But I'm not a guy that I'm going to be chasing after. But what do you guys think? Yeah.
2: I think what you said about Otani is right on, too. And you don't need to have 15 amazing seasons to be hobby-relevant. Like, if you look at, like, Sandy Koufax, who Adam had on his list, you know, just string five or six amazing years and doing what he's doing now, pitching six or seven innings, quality starts, and chipping in on the offense as well. Like, it's just something we haven't seen in 100 years. And he has even a few more years, like the last few. Um, I think that's probably enough to – cement his legacy. He has the international appeal um, as well. And, you know, Topps, I think, recognizes that too. Like in the 2022 set, they made him the first and last card on the flagship checklist. And I think that's the first time that's happened since uh, Ted Williams in the 50s. So they clearly recognize like the value of his brand and kind of what he brings to the game as far as popularity. So I think, you know, it's, it's his to lose essentially as far as being hobby relevant.
1: It's so hard to predict too in the, in the future, uh, especially with active players. Because if you think about like if someone's going to player collect somebody, um, you're you're essentially attaching yourself to that player, um, and and you know you're building a huge collection and maybe you're displaying it on your wall for your family and your friends to see and everything. Um, so there's so much more that goes into player co- being a player collector of a player uh, than just um, their stats. It, it it's like How cool are they, right? Like how proud are you to say, yeah, I have, I made the whole run of player X uh, and here they are, you know? So I think that's a lot of that is the, um, with Barry Bonds. I mean, there's, there's not as many people as there. probably I mean, I guess I I wouldn't say should because it's subjective, but based on his career, right. But like based on what his steroid use and all that stuff, there's just not that many people that want to say, Hey, I'm a Barry Bonds collector and here's all his, all his cars, you know? Combined with the fact when his cards came out, obviously. So
0: yeah, it's pretty polar polarizing to be a Barry Bond's collector. It's tough. You take a lot of heat for it. Um, undeservedly so, because you're just collecting cards and you're collecting the memories of him coming up the bat, and every time he came up the bat, he was hitting a home run in that seventy three right. home run season. No, it was yeah. it was spectacular to watch. Yeah. So, you know, it, it sucks that people take heat for collecting him. He should be collected. Um, I'm not a fan of him going into the Hall of Fame. I don't like people who cheated. Um, if you cheated in school, you fail. Um, you don't pass. You, you So that's my stance. But it doesn't mean that he shouldn't be collected and celebrated as a baseball player. And if he makes the Hall of Fame, that's awesome. I, I have no problem with that. Um, I, yeah, I feel bad for, you know, like A-Rod. Like, no one collects A-Rod, right? He's like a fire you don't want to touch. <laughs> For a lot more reason, I he's he's pretty disliked, which is pretty fascinating to me as well. Incredible player too. Um, so I, I had one more
2: one more uh, point on Trout that I think is kind of cool. Like I, I put him on on my Mount Rushmore. Like if I had to pick four baseball names in the hobby, it would be it would be my top three from my list: Mantle, Ryan Griffey, and I'd put Trout right there. And what's cool about those four guys together, if you think about it, Mantle you know, has been with top since the 52 set. He played all the way through. He, he was still in like the 68 set when Nolan Ryan came into the league. So there was bleed over there and he kind of hands the torch over to Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan lasts all the way, you know, into the nineties. He's still in the league when Griffey comes into the league, kind of passes the torch to him and Griffey's career actually went all the way until the 2010 season. His last card came in 2010 tops with the Mariners and then the very following year, Mike Trout's rookie card comes in 2011 and kind of continues that on. So if you take those four guys as like a face of the hobby, they actually bridge from the very first top set in 1952 all the way to 2023 tops and, and beyond uh just with those four guys. And this
0: is why we brought Shane on the show <laughs> right there. <laughs> just show us what's going on. That's spectacular. <laughs> I never looked at it like that. Never thought of it like that. So cool! Imagine displaying all four of those cards. Bang, bang, bang. That's that is awesome.
1: Yeah, really big cool deal, big deal, thing. Shane. But what do you know about surfing?
0: Yeah, that's what we're about.
1: Let's go right. let's surfing next, Dylan. All
0: right, let's go for surfing, guys. Now I'm not going to do a top ten. I'm going to talk. Um, I want to do a personal video on surfing, and I'm going to do that to explain surfing. But I'm going to talk about a few guys that are the greatest surfers and mean the most to the surfing world. Um, And this is gonna be for guys who were in the past, and girls, and guys who are still surfing, and girls who are still surfing now. I have a few cards to show. It's not easy to find surfing cards. They're quite expensive on eBay because they're they're just hard to find. Um, I'm hoping to come across some at the National. I'm gonna reach out uh, with some help. asking guys to look for them because i don't think people will have them that high of a price when they're in the flesh because most people don't even know who they are um i'm hoping to pick them up but i'm going to talk about a few of them put myself in solo mode first first guy is the most important person in all of surfing history and that is duke honomoku right here and this is his 1933 sports king and he was a gold medalist in the 100 meter freestyle in 1912, and then 1920 won a gold medalist in the 100 meter freestyle. 1920 again, he won, He was the four by 200 meter freestyle gold medalist. Also won silver in 2012, silver in 2024. Um, just a spectacular swimmer, but more importantly, he's the godfather of surfing. He is the king of surfing. Everyone knows who Duke is. If you go to Hawaii, you'll eat at Duke's restaurant. Um, he, He brought surfing to the masses. He came over to California and showed, you know, Californians went over to Hawaii and showed them how to surf. And this is him right here, way back. A legend in surfing. And there is no surfing without Duke. And what a great humanitarian, very good human being. Um, so, I'm looking to collect a lot more of these. I bought this years ago over here at a card show, probably five or six years ago, um, for like 250 bucks back then. I wish I would have found more. Um, they're just really hard to find these, any of his old cards. Um, so, Duke, the king of surfing, no doubt about it, he's the man. And then I also got this. Right here, this is from the National in 2006. Nate, tops 805-401, or 1980-401. Nate sent me this card. And this is just an awesome card of Duke right here. Um, The next guy, the greatest surfer to ever live, as far as records go, ability goes. And this guy transcends. He is the greatest athlete to ever live on the face of the earth. And you can quote me on that. That is true facts. He's better than Michael Jordan, better than Tom Brady, better than anyone in history in sports. This guy has won 11 world titles. He's 51 years old. He's still on the tour. He's means he's on the tour with top 30 guys in the world, still beating guys that are 17. He's, he's, Probably into his last year here, um, and that is Kelly Slater, eleven times world champion, three times triple crown. He his first world title was in nineteen ninety two. I was twelve years old. His last world title was in two thousand eleven, and he's also pretty much a professional golfer. This guy is the greatest athlete to ever live. Um, look at look, I I dare you look up all his stats. Um, look at him as a man. He is an athlete. You put that guy on the basketball court, he will go toe-to-toe with anyone. You put him on the baseball diamond, he'll go toe-to-toe. This guy is incredible. And surfing is the hardest sport in the world. And that goes without saying. Um, I could go on and on about that, but it's the hardest sport on the planet. So another reason he's the greatest surfer. Another one I want to recognize is Andy Irons. Andy Irons, I believe he won three world titles, two or three world titles, um, he's from Hawaii um, and all these guys besides Duke I've surfed with these guys I've talked with these guys um, except for Andy passed away um, probably about six or six or more years ago I, I don't know the date exactly um, but he was one of the greatest surfers of all time um, Andy Irons and he had a brother Bruce Irons who was on the tour um, just in, incredible I'd love to find more of his cards out there Greatest woman, greatest girl to ever surf in history. Not according to the stats. That would be Stephanie Gilmore, who I do not have a card of. She's won more world titles. But Carissa Moore, in my opinion, I think she's on four world titles. I don't have the facts in front of me on Chris Moore. Carissa Moore is the greatest surfer I've ever seen. greatest girl, woman surfer I've ever seen in my life. Um, she's n- unbelievable. She, she's going to keep winning world titles. Um so Chris Moore you know, I want to find a bunch more of her cards. Um, like I said, I, I should keep all these things in my car because I surf with all these people. Chris lives on a different island, but uh regardless, everyone comes over and surfs and I I it surfing's so cool because I you get to interact with these heroes. Um, it's unlike any other sport because there's no stadium. The stadium is the ocean. So you're surfing <laughs> next to all these people and and I'm personally friends with numerous guys that are the greatest surfers in the world right now on tour. Um, we get to surf with them all the time. And, and it's just this mutual respect that we give each other in the water. And it takes 30 years of surfing to, to gain that respect and that clout in the water. It's unlike anything else. I'll get into that deeper later. But those are my surfing picks. Um, and then guys that are surfing right now on tour, probably the greatest technical surfer in the world. His name is Gabriel Medina. And then John John Florence and Philippe Toledo. All three of those guys um, are the top of their game right now. And as good as they're going to get, you know, they're, they're just unbelievable. I, I'd say Gabriel Medina is probably the greatest surfer to ever live as far as technique goes. He's better than Kelly Slater ever was um, because the surfers are getting better. But he's on tour with Kelly Slater, and Kelly will beat him in heats. Um, but he's probably the greatest um surfer maybe ever in history in all types of waves Um, and then john john florence i'd put him number two philippe toledo uh number three so and girls it'd be chris amore stephanie gilmore um third one is kind of a toss-up between a bunch of girls so i'll go into that more on my own channel but there's your little surfing tutorial and guys i'm looking for at the national hoping to find some cards these 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 people Um, And I need your help out there. Anyone going to the national, you find surfing cards, give me a call. I want to go down that row and find it. So there you go.
2: Is is anyone producing surfing cards now? Like if you wanted to go get a Gabriel Medina, is there one out there that you you could get or not?
0: There is a few years ago. um, Panini came out with some stickers in Brazil. They really released. I have them on my watch list. They're not cheap. Um, I just find like, they're not cheap because they're hard to find over here. I'm sure if I was in Brazil, they're probably cheap and they're probably everywhere. I don't really know where to go searching for these things. Um, one sticker is going to be like thirty bucks, like a like a soccer sticker, like a cheap soccer panini sticker. I'm not going to spend thirty bucks for a Gabriel Medina, you know, sticker like that. So if it, it, they're hard to find, um, uh, so hopefully I get some help out there. Anyone that has any of those panini stickers, I would love to get my hands on them at the right price. And
1: I think th- this is a great example of, um, it, uh, just because uh, a player is, has a lot of collectors, doesn't mean their, their prices are always going to be like the most expensive either, or it, it could be sometimes all it takes is like a handful, two, three, four, five people with some money to spend that start collecting a player and, th- and they start bidding against each other for the best cards of that player. And that can cause a player's prices to go way up. So, um, you know, it's just it's it's interesting because especially if a player doesn't have a lot of cards. So um, it, it price doesn't always equal, you know, most collected in, in a lot of cases. It does. But there's other factors, too.
0: Yeah. Like in serving. It's impossible to find them. So people just like right. jack the prices up. Yep, it's, it sucks. <laughs> but they're probably at a garage sale somewhere for nothing.
1: All right. Well, let's go. Um, we won't spend a ton of time on these these sports because, you know, compared to baseball, there's just. Nowhere near the collector base, in my opinion, at least um, from what I see out there. But I do collect basketball and football. I know Shane, you do some of that too. Uh, By the way, uh, before we go into it, uh, Dylan, you really should um, at some point start player collecting Tim Duncan because Tim Duncan's a big surfer, uh, great, great, all time great basketball player. I did a video on recently. I know you watched that um, I was saying how underpriced or undervalued his cards are. Um, So if you ever want to collect a basketball player, I think Tim Duncan, he, I forget what island he's from, but he's from an island and he's a big surfer. I did not uh, so know. So that would be there. your guy, I think, with basketball.
0: That's why he's so mellow. He, he yep. learned that <laughs> in the ocean, you can't be, a, you gotta be mellow or you're gonna get kicked out of line-up or beat up. So you, you gotta like, you gotta stay in your place. There's a yep. totem pole. Oh, that's really cool. I have a huge stack of, of, I was going through them the other day. I have a huge stack of Tim, Tim Duncan cards. So nice. Maybe I will.
1: All right. So, guys, uh, I just I did five with basketball. I made a list of the five off top of my head who I felt like were the most collected. Some are obvious. But uh, so number five, I went with um, Magic Johnson. Uh, Number four, Wilt Chamberlain. Number three, Larry Bird. Um, And I I'm one of them. I'm one of those collectors. Uh, Number two, Kobe Bryant. And then number one, Michael Jordan, of course. So um, I'll I'll pull up the registry in in a minute here. But Shane, what did you have for the for basketball?
2: Yes, yeah, so I, I figured I would probably embarrass myself here with basketball and football because I, I only dabble a little bit, but I, I actually had the same top three as you. I okay. had Jordan, Kobe, Bird, one, two, three. Probably living in New England, Bird maybe is a little higher up than he should be. Um, and then for my four and five, I actually had uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and mm. Shaq just because he was you know popular during that junk wax era, I guess.
1: And Shaq's a guy who got his cards just got obliterated by the junk wax era you know if 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 his if if he came in a different era of cards um, he would be one of the most expensive and and sought after but uh yeah his his rookie cards are like you know mass produced and all that so that it's kind of like a same thing as like a barry bonds without the steroids and stuff but
2: weird way it almost it, you could argue it makes them highly collectible because like i'm not a big basketball guy but i have a Shaq rookie because it cost me 20 bucks and uh you know he's a name from the past that i i think was fun so
1: great point all right so let's just pull up real quick here dylan i uh i changed it to basketball so uh oh i gotta resort it though give me one sec so this is by most collected same same setup here so um Yeah, we got so like players, vintage players, Wilt Chamberlain, Jerry West, Oscar Robertson, Chamberlain again. So Wilt's got two sets in the top top four for vintage Bill Russell, uh, Elgin Baylor, Willis Reed, Jerry Lucas. The thing with vintage basketball is there's so few cards for a lot of these players that it's just so different than baseball. You don't see um, a big vintage collector base, uh, you know, because like Bill Russell has three cards. For for his whole career, that you could you could get like mainstream cards. So right, and you have
2: to open up your wallet to get any of the three of them, right? Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. But uh, if we move over to modern, um, you know, as we'd expect, you got Michael Jordan with the top three sets, and That's so the top three sets. LeBron James, no question, um, as an active player still, he will be in this list when he retires. You know, um, as far as collectability, no, I think there's no question about that. Uh, but look at a guy like John ja Morant, modern player who's up there even higher than Kobe Bryant.
0: I don't even know what he looks like.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, he's had some issues lately, but he's a you know a young guy. He's been in the league a couple of years, but real popular. Uh, but Larry Bird's up here. You got Dr. J. That's another one I I uh, should have thought about. But Pete Maravich. I think the point with with basketball, and we'll see with football too, is. Uh, at least on the registry there's nowhere near you know the amount of participation in the registry as you see with baseball as you as you'd imagine but you know maybe in the future um, as time goes on and some of the the people who got in the hobby recently that are collecting modern basketball maybe they'll make their way back into vintage like a lot of baseball collectors have we'll see
0: you know what people have been saying for I feel like since I started collecting 30 40 years ago basketball is taking over football is taking over soccer is the next it's always going to be baseball is always going to be king in sports cards i'm saying it here
1: (laughs) yeah it's hard to argue with i mean it's got the it's got the history uh and and to your point just because the sport is not as popular baseball uh as far as like what they what people watch uh i I know you've mentioned this before but more kids play baseball still um, but as far as what people watch on TV and, and so forth, football dominates. Uh, basketball, especially globally, is way ahead of baseball. But um, that, doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate over to the hobby as far as collectors. So yeah. um, there's a disconnect there. Let me, let me just do uh, football real quick. Pull this up. All right. Uh, let me give my five actually first. So with football, football is even harder because it's even it's even less of a collector base than, you know, especially for vintage than there is for basketball. So I had um, for my five off the top of my head, I had number five, Jim Brown, who just passed away recently, very recently. Uh, Barry Sanders, I threw in there. Peyton Manning. Joe Montana and then Tom Brady as my number one, as far as five that I felt like I, at least I I get the feel that those guys are the most collected.
2: Uh, Again, ton of overlap here. So I had uh, Barry Sanders at number five. I had Brett Favre at number four, Hmm. Uh, Joe Montana, number three, Jim Brown, number two, and Tom, I had Tom Brady, number one, Uh, but I definitely wanted to get your opinion. I'm not, I don't pretend to be a football collector at all, but it seems like of, of the four major sports, there's probably like the least consensus who the number one overall most popular person of the hobby is. Like the, with basketball, you got Jordan. Baseball, I think most people would say Mantle. You have Gretzky in hockey. Football, it seems like it's a little more open-ended. I mean, I, I would agree Tom Brady, but not sure everybody would.
1: See, I, I'm glad you asked that. I have a hot take on this. I have a very strong opinion yes. uh, with, with Tom Brady. Uh, he is Tom Brady, as time goes on, is going to be looked at like Michael Jordan's looked at now. Um, and, and, you know, Mickey Mantle's looked at in baseball, uh, Tom Brady, the problem, the, the issue Tom Brady has right now is he just retired. Uh, so it's, it's too, it's too new, right? Like all these, all these um, fans, right? That Tom Brady has killed their team for 20 years. Uh, like I did. I, I always rooted against Michael Jordan, right? When he was playing, cause I was a Celtics fan. Uh, I knew how great he was, but, I disliked I disliked him in a way, uh, because he was just beating my team all the time, and he, I was sick of seeing him win. But now here we are, whatever it is, twenty years or or however long it's been since he's retired. Uh, and I love Michael Jordan. I collect his cards. Uh, I never would have, you know, back back when he was playing. I collected Larry Bird um, because he was he was my best, you know, the best player from the team I rooted for. So uh, I think t- uh, Tom Brady, over time, you know, the, the Jets fans and the the Buffalo Bills fans and all, all the teams, the Steelers fans that can't stand Tom Brady still uh, because it's so fresh uh, in 15, 20 years. They're going to just bury the hatchet and say, man, I want some Brady cards in my collection. That guy was the best. He's the GOAT, um, just like people do with Michael Jordan now. And I, I feel like Brady will get to that level as far as collectability, but not for a while because he's just
2: he played so long, you know. Oh, wow, that was a great answer, Yeah. I'm glad I asked.
1: <laughs> yeah, but well, we'll see. You know, we'll see who knows. Um, maybe he does have a lot of cards, too. He Brady has a <laughs> many years 20, 20 years, twenty plus years worth of cards. So, um yeah, he's got I guess that going against him because that dilutes Jordan, Michael Jordan had a much shorter career and less years of card playing years' cards. So you know, we'll see.
2: Um, actually but, that's that's one one more point that you just touched on that I, I, we didn't talk about, but I think it's kind of important is like, um, one big card one can almost make you or catapult you onto the list like jordan you have the 86 Fleer. griffy you have the 89 upper deck like you know even mike trout the us 175 the the tops update so in some cases really that i think that one iconic card can kind of propel you up the list
1: yeah and people would say like with brady he's got so many rookie cards that that's you know michael jordan has one rookie card really Mickey Mantle's got one rookie card, and then obviously the top 52 card, which has a life of its own. Uh, Brady's got 40 uh, plus—I mean, at least different rookie cards—which doesn't sound like a lot compared to the real modern guys, but you know he definitely has that working against him. So it's going to be—you know—that kind of hurts. I think some things too. So yeah, maybe he won't get to—you know—a singular card. You look at his contenders card, which is numbered out of 100, the the championship auto, but there's just so few people that can play in that arena that it's not, it's not as going to be an icon as an iconic card as like the 52 tops or the, the 86 player, Michael Jordan. So I don't, I don't think Brady will ever probably get to their levels, but as far as football goes, I think he'll continue to separate himself against anyone else in the, in the football hobby. I mean, you look at one guy that surprised me, but it shouldn't is Walter Payton, Walter Payton, uh, you know, all time great Chicago bears running back. He missed, John Newman from sports guard nation told me this and uh, I didn't know it, um, but he, he missed he was a running back and he played, I think it was like over 10 seasons and he missed one game in his career. Think about that. Think about how durable oh, and how tough he was. You look at the the running backs now and um, if you play fantasy football, you have a running back on your team. Like every other week, he's out. He's out. He missed in a game because he's injured. Walter Payton missed one game in his career. And, um, It it doesn't surprise me because Chicago Bears, great sports city, great franchise, um, and he's ahead of of Barry Sanders, even Joe Montana, Tom Brady. There's more guys that are building the the Walter Payton basic set than the Tom Brady master set. You know, of course, the Tom Brady master set's a joke because there's way too many cards in it, so it's not collectible. People don't want to start doing it because it's just like – I think there's like 800 different cards in it. Um, So that's another factor where Walter Payton has – you know is probably, I don't know, maybe 20 cards or 10, 10 cards in that set. So it's, it's much more achievable and an attractive set to build, but yeah. So I, I, I just find this interesting, you know, to look at some of these names here on the, on the list and um, you know, guys that Patrick Mahomes, LeBron James, those are two that come to the head football basketball that will, I think be in the, you know, the inner circle list of collectible guys after their careers are over. So
0: I think it's I think it's it's cool to think talk about the championships. Baseball, it almost is irrelevant because one man can't change the course of a team. You get you get four chances to come up the bat per game. Only a pitcher can have a little more influence, but that's one every seven days. Where a basketball player and football player, they can touch the ball the whole time. So you got Tom Brady's of the world. That's why I think you know, I mean, it just goes common sense, right? I mean, football, you, you're touching the ball all the time as a quarterback. You, you, you make the game. And basketball, you can give the, the ball to the guy all, the whole time. So they, they really have to win those championships. That's why Tom Brady, I think you're right, is going to be known as the greatest football player to ever live because of the championships. Well-deserved because one man in those two sports can make a giant difference, unlike baseball, it doesn't matter. You have to have a whole team bes- beside yourself.
1: Yeah, like in baseball, um Ken Griffey Jr., Ted Williams, they never they never won a World Series. Uh, right. Ken
0: Griffey Jr. never even
1: made a World Series, and yet it um, really doesn't affect people still want to collect them. So yep. you're right, 100%. Mike Trout, is so a
0: solo sport.
2: Yep. Basically. Trump barely sniff the playoffs and people pay uh, you know, hundreds of dollars for his base tops rookie card from 2011. So yep. Yeah. Well,
1: I just thought that was an interesting thing to look at. Um, Yeah. And I'd be anyone who watches this, I I really would uh, be interested in the comments to get, get your take on maybe guys we didn't mention or thoughts on this list here. I'll put these, there's three links that I'll put um, Dylan in in the comments so people can get to these links and scroll down further and look at, um, you know, which, which players are the most player collected on the PSA set registry. Again, it's not the end all be all, but, it does give a little insight that I think is interesting and uh, maybe certain people haven't looked at it. So it would be probably pretty good to put in there as a, as a note.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. I think it's a, I thought it was really cool. I mean, it kind of, yeah, I mean, that's a, the perfect place to get your answers right there. So dude, that was fun. That was awesome. I, that, I learned a whole bunch. I, I know nothing about football and basketball. So for me, you know, I got to learn and having Shane on here again, busting out some crazy factoids now i want to like i want to get my mickey Mantle, nolan ryan kangaroo jr and mike trout rookie cards all lined up oh <laughs> uh, of course i don't have mickey Mantles, but i at least the 68 and the 68 and get those those cards like you were showing up that was the coolest fact that you learned the whole night so thank you shane i was sick um really fun any any last words you guys
2: no, I think it was an awesome topic. It's it's really fascinating to kind of think about what differentiates somebody in the hobby versus in their sport, and they're are definitely two different things, and a variety of factors that go into it. So I think it's a it's a pretty interesting topic.
1: I really yeah. want a sports king Sport Kings card now from that set. Dude, they're
2: the best.
0: <laughs> and the other night they didn't bring the set up. I was like, it's like one of the greatest sets ever made. It's probably one of the prettiest sets ever made. I was, I was just like, come on guys. It's got all these different athletes, baseball stars, you know, it's got Ruth in it. It's got everybody you need. Oh, so it's a killer. They, set.
2: They, there's actually four hockey players on the checklist. And I, I collected those years back and uh, I was laughing when you showed yours because I have them in the same grade PSA four that you have your, your Duke in, but it's just they a all, killer set.
0: They all come in fours. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a killer set. I love the hockey ones. I almost wanted to go after the whole set, but I, I, I hit the brakes on that one. <laughs> I didn't need like a chess all time chess player. You know, I was like, uh, do yeah, I do really need that. And... <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, thank you guys for joining me and, and uh, Shane and Adam. Absolute blast. Thank you guys out there for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, please leave comments, maybe future episodes you guys want us to talk about or show. It's always fun to hear from everybody. And we, Thank you so much. So uh that's it guys until next time. Double Shaka. You.
2: Take it easy.